104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. It's another Sunday, and here we are sitting in for another round of Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. I'm Joe Weston, your cat wrangler, joined by a guy that's very happy that the weather's so warm this late in October, Ned Reynolds. Absolutely love that, but I've also wrangled a few cats in my life, too. And oh. <laughs> I know, you're you're a cat owner. You've oh, got a couple gosh, yes. hanging around the house. What about you, Josh Roberts? How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a, it, to quote a famous band it's another pleasant valley sunday (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is there you go there you go so let's talk about last week's game i will tell you i don't think i learned a lot from last week's game other than i would say that those two teams are as closely matched as any two teams in the nfl don't think there's any question about that they are equal if they were to play again let's put it this way if they were to play 10 times during the year each team would win five games they are that that uh, closely matched Josh Allen, really, really good quarterback. Everybody knows about Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you, I was really impressed with the Buffalo level of attack. They picked on Kansas City knowing where Kansas City is vulnerable, and that's the defensive backfield, and made it work. And the Chiefs knew it was going to happen, and yet they couldn't do a whole lot of trying to stop Stephon Diggs for a couple of touchdowns, and Buffalo was able to run the football. And that really cleared things for Josh Allen to have a very big day. Not that Kansas City didn't put any pressure on them. They did. But it was negated by the fact that their sometimes pass rush was over-pursuit. And Kansas City, or I should say Buffalo, was able to take full advantage of that with some good rushing. And was impressed with Buffalo's attack. Do you think that Buffalo benefited more from the Chiefs' attack defensively? Because it didn't seem like... Seems like Spagnola is kind of an all-or-nothing sort of guy that he puts his chips in on the table on one thing, and then that's what he's going to go with. And it was obvious last week that he was going to blitz quite a bit. He was, and that was that was his whole motif, and that will be the motif today uh, against Garoppolo. They'll try to flush him out of the pocket because Garoppolo is not overly mobile. He'll do the very same thing. And, yes, Spagnola is hell-bent on that big-time pass rush, which they are capable, Kansas City's capable of doing with Chris Jones and Frank Clark and the new kid from Purdue being that Those guys can play. But you also have to take a calculated effort in doing that because when you do it every time, teams are going to make quick adjustments to that, especially good quarterbacks, and that can happen. And that's where the big plays came in at, is that they had a couple of rookies that were out on islands, and uh, Josh Allen was smart enough to take take advantage of those. And those were the the game-deciding plays in this in, in that in matchup. The, in the couple of fly patterns that he threw to a Stephon Diggs, it, no question about it, they were the game-deciding touchdowns, and they were not bullet passes by any stretch of the imagination. They were timed accurately. Diggs went back, told... Uh, the the whole offensive scheme of things, hey, look, I can get past this guy with no problem at all. Just give him a little head fake, and I'm gone. Loft it over there. I'll get it. I'm gone. Happened twice. What do you think, Josh? Do you think that uh, the product of the Bills winning last week was the Chiefs' scheme or the Bills' skill? Ooh, and that's, that's kind of tough to answer. I think it's probably 60-40 Bills' ability and – 60% Bills ability and 40% scheme from the the Chiefs. I think 
I understand, you know, you, you build this game plan over the course of a week, you're, you're satisfied that it's going to work, but then you have to be able to adjust and pull back a little bit if things aren't working. And, you know, I think the Chiefs, they didn't totally blow it with their defensive scheme, but I think they could have maybe pulled back a little bit and tried to support the D-backs a little more because that is where their weakness is in the defense. We have to remember, too, it's a two-sided scheme here because the Chiefs' defense also has to be taken into consideration here, and Buffalo was able to exploit that in, in many single respects. Now, Kansas City, Kansas City's offense, they sent the receivers downfield. It's only Buffalo's defensive backfield was better. Yeah, They were able to knock away passes except for Travis Kelsey, and he is designed – he gets down there. He runs medium level for the most part, either short short passes or medium level crossing patterns because he can get himself free. And at 6'5", he's really, really tough to handle. He's best tight end in, in football right now. And if teams can somehow negate that, then Kansas City would have troubles, but they can't. They right. can't stop him. And that'll be the case with the 49ers today. Buffalo Bills did a great job in the first half of the game because I, I looked at my wife and I said, Travis Kelsey's non-existent the first half of this game. <laughs> Second half of the game, he exploded. He was all oh, yeah. over the place. I, You know, we're sitting here, and I think it, we're almost splitting hairs because I don't think that – I honestly don't think the Chiefs' defense played that bad. They didn't. They didn't. No, they no, played, no. They played and, and this game was – if you're – if and you can correct me on this, Ned, the game was below the over-under – because oh, it was <laughs> it was not it was not a high scoring game as everybody thought it was going to be. Right. Both defenses played ex- played extremely well. The Chiefs really were in control of the game until the one pass play where they, you know, gave up the touchdown on a guy in an island on rush pl- on a you know an all in blitz. And I guess my question to both of you is, you know, I'm not really criticizing anybody because I think the Chiefs played a very good football game. I agree with you, Ned, that if these two teams played 10 times, they'd probably each both be 5-5 five and five or 6-4 and four or whatever, really evenly matched. But do you think that Spagnola could have maybe mixed that a little more? Shown blitz, backed out, come up. But that's all a gamble all the time. Well, it right. is in, in any respect it is, and I'm in no way implying that Kansas City's defense didn't play well. They did. No, they, they followed played good. the game plan uh, exactly as Spagnola wanted it to. They put the pressure on. It's just that Josh Allen is good enough to overcome that pressure. Now, there are many, many other QBs who are not. Yep. And when he, whomever it might be, is faced with these big behemoths coming in there and raising hell with him in the backfield, that's that's a different story. But Allen can handle something like that, as can the Buffalo offensive line and forming a pretty doggone good pocket. It's, it's a good team. Buffalo is a oh, very, yeah. very, very good Very, very, team. very good team. Very good team. I so, I mean, I, I really didn't take anything away from it. I mean, I was not incredibly disappointed that the Chiefs lost. And I really felt like all the way through that game, they pretty much, they had it. And then at the end, it was just a couple of mistakes that ended up throwing the game Buffalo's way. I thought the defense played extremely well. Josh Allen's a great running quarterback. I think a lot of people lose sight of that, too. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the top three rushing quarterbacks in the NFL, and they really shut him down. Different from Mahomes. Mahomes is a scrambler and can run laterally either way. Now, Allen doesn't do so much that he's capable of it, but he's more north-south running. Uh, Play-action passes where he will run with the ball or quarterback draws, he's very good at something like that. But fortunately, the Chiefs don't have to play him anymore unless it's in the playoffs. 
Yeah, it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. It was an incredibly well-played game. The Chiefs, like I said, probably made two mistakes on the defensive side with a couple of passes. And then offensively, they looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. You know, except for a couple of mistakes. Patrick Mahomes throwing a couple of passes that were probably not advised during the course of that game. But it, it's amazing to me, and I'll get your opinion, both of you, is how week to week the Chiefs look extremely different. Uh, we, we go back two weeks to the Indianapolis game, and they just they couldn't do anything. Against Tampa Bay, they did everything at will. Mm-hmm. And then this last week against Buffalo, and granted, you're looking at three different NFL teams and three different skill levels of NFL teams. The Chiefs played, I felt, offensively kind of conservative. Well, Joe, you, have to, you just answered your own question there, your own charge. Every single team is different. When they take the field against San Francisco this afternoon, they're not going to be seeing a mirror image of somebody else. They're going to be seeing an altogether different attack. The same with, now the one against Indianapolis, I I really feel like centered upon the Chiefs not being ready to play. And uh, Indianapolis is not in Kansas City's ballpark. Tampa Bay was compromised. They had a lot of injuries, got off to a slow start in the game, yet they still put 31 points on the board. So that one you can kind of throw out. That might be a whole lot different if they were to play them again. But the Buffalo Bills, uh, you'd see exactly the same kind of game. Uh, Only the Chiefs might win. They might get the breaks. It's a matter of a little fumble here, interception here, pass interference. There are just so many variables involved because these, you're going to get on my case. No, no, no. I know what you're going to say. You can paraphrase (laughs) me if you will. They are professional athletes, and they are paid to play at this level. They were all stars in college. Hey, these guys have, and and they have pride. A lot of these guys, I say they all have pride. There's some of them who may be playing for the paycheck. They all are. But fact of the matter is their skill level is right up there on a parity that we probably have seen for years and not taken into consideration. Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a testament to both of the team's defenses that the score was so low because the Chiefs didn't make a bunch of mistakes, like you said, and the Chiefs played well on offense, but it's it's always disappointing when they only score 20 points. You know, I mean, that's a team that could score 50 on, on any given night. So I think that is a testament to the Bills' defense. It was a, it was a solid game on both sides for the most part, and yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think if they played ten times, it'd be five, five and five for both of them. It'll be interesting to see if they both end up where they both end up in the playoffs, in the playoff structure, to see if maybe that's your AFC Championship game again. And it would go through Buffalo. Yeah, it would. You know, it which would, would be th- nice and cold. Yeah, unless there's some upsets along the way. Unless there's some upsets yeah, along right the way. Now, yeah, right now it's a Buffalo thing to lose, but. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. At least I'm semi-alive. These other guys are fully alive here. So let's talk about the team that they're facing today. They're facing the San Francisco 49ers. And if I'm not mistaken, Ned, when we were kind of wrapping up last Sunday, you said trap game. Watch out for this one. Why do you say that? Well, I'm going to alter that just a little bit. As opposed to trap game, I'm going to call it a sleeper game. Uh, there is a difference. Sleeper game, your team, in our case, the Kansas City Chiefs, should probably win. But a loss would not be terribly surprising. A trap game is Indianapolis, when you know you should win and you don't. This is a sleeper game because San Francisco is coming off a loss, a, a 28-14 to 14 loss to the Atlanta Falcons, to whom they should not have lost. San Francisco is better than that. 
But the 49ers have a long, long list of injuries that have really played havoc with any consistency that they've been able to come up. Yet, having said that, you look at their defensive numbers, and they're at the top of the NFL in rushing and passing defense. Now, have they played anybody like Mahomes? No, they have not. They will today. Will that defense be able to manifest itself? Garoppolo, by the same token, may very well have a kid named McCaffrey in the backfield. He won't start, but I do suspect he's going to play. They'll throw him in there, and McCaffrey is a very big addition to that San Francisco team. Mm -hmm. He's a hard runner. Now, with Carolina, he didn't have much of a team around him. He will with San Francisco, and he possibly can make a a difference in this team. The the point spread in this one's only one point. Really? That's a pick-em game. Wow. You know, win or lose, somebody's going to win by one point, certainly. So it, it manifests itself in an interesting way. And I find the San Francisco challenge to be a pretty doggone severe one here. Garoppolo is the type of quarterback who, if he gets into a rhythm and starts passing, and the Chiefs' defensive secondary is giving up a lot of passing yardage, that can be problems. I'm not predicting anything right now. We'll wait. But I can see a tough game coming up for the Chiefs. Christian McCaffrey, the, uh, he was uh, been Trey Bate. Since the beginning of the year, actually in uh, the preseason, his name was tossed out there. The Chiefs were suitors at one time. A lot of negative press this last week, a lot of wear, a lot of people felt on the tires. How would you feel if he was starting for the Chiefs today? McCaffrey? Yeah. Oh, I feel really good because he's he's a tough player. That's not to say the Chiefs running backs aren't, but McCaffrey's a cut above everybody else. He's, he's just a hard-nosed, determined individual, and... Uh, while he's new with the 49ers, like only about three or four days. Well, see, no, that that's probably wrong. Only about two days. He probably got there Friday. Uh, it Again, you're handing him the ball. Now, does he have yeah. to run one way or the other? Well, sure, but it's handing him the ball. Go. <laughs> no. And then he can go. And he's a great receiving. He is also he a fine a great receiver. receiver, too. I would have liked to have seen the Chiefs be in on that, but there was a lot of people that felt the price tag of four Mm-hmm. Four draft picks were a little high. What are your thoughts on that, Josh? I think that's a little high. I and correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't he had some injury and knee. issues? He's yeah. had knee. Yeah, injury. and so that's the thing you always worry about, and that's what affects the value of of players when you talk about trades and things like that. He's had some injuries that, for most players, are probably debilitating enough that you would think he's not as good as he used to be. He's a solid player. It would have been nice to have somebody like that, but I really don't think the Chiefs don't run the ball enough anyway. I mean, and their average when they run the ball, they average five yards a carry, but they don't establish the run enough in these games, in my opinion. You know, many yards they ran against Buffalo. How many? Sixty-five. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Um. So I don't know that. I mean, maybe if they had gotten McCaffrey, they would have changed that, but I don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's. If he's only been there for two days, I can't imagine him having much of an impact today, but who knows? I mean, like you said, Ned, they just have to hand him the ball and say, go that way. We'll see what <laughs> well, happens. Well, he is going to start. He's not – I don't know. I don't know for sure. He is going to play today. He's, sure. I don't know that he will start, but he will play today. He's been added to the roster, and I've seen several news reports come up on the screen that say, yes, that he will be involved in today's game. Uh, let, let's talk about this for just a second because I think Josh's heart stopped on – 
Friday, our uh, our buddy Jake, who is uh, not with us today. We don't know where Jake's at. Jake didn't. Jake's <laughs> Jake's absent without leave at the moment from yeah. the show, and he uh, I don't know what, what excuse he had this week for missing the show, but uh, he had some sort of mock up that showed Odell Beckham Jr. in a uh, in a Chiefs in uniform. a Chiefs uniform. Is that who that was who put that out? Yeah, Jake? that was yeah. Jake. Well, we fell victim. Uh, uh, Mike, the intern, and I did when that came up. And I looked at it because, you know, I get up at 4 in the morning. Sure. I'm looking at this thing, and I'm saying, well, hell, I didn't know anything about that. And I looked all through the Chiefs talk and all this. I couldn't find anything about it. Well, we discussed it in there, and uh, I made the addendum. This is not official yet, but we're seeing that the Chiefs might sign Odell Beckham. Pointed out that this was uh, – this was, I think it was the author's name was misspelled. Well, Alec, Adam, Sch- yeah, Adam Alec Schefter. Pointed, yeah, Alec, <laughs> Alec pointed out that Adam Schefter's name was spelled wrong on the meme. So, yeah, I think it was just somebody, you know, trolling. Well, what do you th- what would you think about that? I think it would be, be a awful. terrible trade <laughs> or a, or a, a, a Look, poor signing. They they already they took a chance with Josh Gordon. They took a chance with Juju Smith Schuster. They took a chance with how about how about the running back Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. That at a certain point, the behavior of these players has to be taken into account. And a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. he's not he's not going to bring the locker room together. He's not going to be a team leader. He's going to be di- dis- divisive and a disruption to everything. That's just who that guy is at this point in his career. Exactly. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about a little more about what's going on in the NFL and the Chiefs on your local live sports talk show. It's called Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. About 35 minutes away from the start of the Chiefs pregame show, and let's get a report from Ned Reynolds about Art Haynes. Art is uh, making, according to our last report, which was last night as a matter of fact, making very, very slight improvements, and that's really all you can ask. He's in a rehab unit in Nebraska, in the state of Nebraska, and it's a rehab unit that specializes in individuals who have had, number one, spinal injuries, or number one, a spinal problem of some sort brought in by a virus, which is his case. But they seem to be, they being the rehab people, seem to be confident that he can overcome this. He is making improvements. He's starting to maybe utter some words. Uh, he still may be on the ventilator just a little bit, and he needs to get off that, which he will. But this is a long, long improvement road, folks. And Arthur, who is just a great guy and a longtime friend, longtime working buddy, heck, he and I did the Bears games for 20 years, it, he is a consummate professional. And anything, and there is a, a GoFundMe page for our Art Haynes. Uh, your contributions would be more than helpful. It's a long process. I do feel like he will overcome how much of a residual effect that nobody knows. Only the good Lord above knows that. But Arthur is, he's, he's going to, he's, he's tough and he's going to try to get better. And I know he more try, he will get better. Good. Well, if, if uh, Art Haynes can survive the way the Bears are playing football right now, <laughs> I think he can survive anything. 
What happened, Ned? I mean, what what's what's know. going on? I do not know. They played such a great game against Arkansas, which, interestingly enough, was Art's last broadcast. Of course, he didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. but the Bears had such a great game, almost knocked off Arkansas, let it get away in the fourth period. But, of course, they're, they're a Southeastern Conference Division 1A or FBS team, so that's that aspect of it is not surprising. They had a greater depth. As it turns out, Arkansas may be a little bit overrated. They're not a bad team, but the Bears had gave them such a great fight, and they have not been the same since then. You have to think, well, they left it on the field. I can't, I can't believe that because Bobby Petrino is a very good coach. This is a very good football team, but there's something missing. Lost to South Dakota State in their next game, and South Dakota State's now the number one team in the country. 28-14, to 14, game that Bears were certainly competitive. Go to North Dakota and play indoors at Grand Forks and get blown out up there. That one, that one bothered the devil out of everybody. And they come back down here, play Southern Illinois two weeks ago, you know, have a 14 to nothing lead and let it get away and then get outscored in the game 38 to nothing. Final score was 38 to 21. And then yesterday, you take a look at the stats and the total overall offense of Northern Iowa, which is just a Midland team, not great, but not bad either is almost twice as much as what the Bears had. It's 520-some yards to 250 or something like that. This this can't be. What is going on? And you take a look at the, the uh, defensive stats, and you see that Southern, uh, not Southern, Northern Iowa had five sacks of the quarterback. The Bears had none. Wow. Five sacks for something like 40 or 45 yards and losses. Well, come on. Something is not working with this team. I'm sure Coach Petrino does not have the answers. He, he would have had it. The team is skilled. They've got good players. I don't think they're working very well together. They're not a cohesive unit. Now they are out of the playoffs. There's no way they're going to make it now with four straight losses in their conference. Have Western Illinois here to play next week. That's the homecoming game. Western Illinois is not very good. But right now, neither are the Bears. Oh, and four in the conference. Western Illinois comes in. Then the Bears go to, um, I think, South Dakota. I know they have these teams remaining. Western Illinois, South Dakota, Youngstown State, and uh, Indiana State. They have those teams remaining on the schedule. And should have beaten them. They should be beating all of them. But so far they have not been, and I'm sure that's a great puzzle, not to mention the fact that it's a great disappointment. It looks from just what you're saying, just paper-wise, that the Bears' defense is not getting it done. It is not. It is not at all. Defensively, they've been picked apart. But there are all, uh, Joe, there matters to any kind of team event like this. You have to work together at every aspect, and they haven't been. Offensively, offensive line is being overpowered by everybody else, and it shouldn't be. Now, there were, you knew ahead of time going into the season that they were lacking a little bit in experience. They'd lost some good players up there, but hey, you make up for that with transfers coming in and with freshman players and so forth, and it hasn't worked. That's been a problem. Defensively, they're being picked apart in the defensive backfield, kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs are in a way, mm-hmm. but the quarterback sacked five times. You can't have that. Can't oh, have no. it at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, your uh, Alabama Crimson Tide Got back to their winning ways. Yeah, that's that's good. I 
Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Josh. You gotta come on. Put together some something articulate here. I have low hopes for the rest of the season for Alabama. I just don't think that they have gelled the way that Coach Saban thought they would. Can I offer a rebuttal on that? Sure, yeah. They haven't. There's no question about that. This is not as good an Alabama team as he said they were. And Saban at the start of the year said this team is better than last year's. And last year's played for a national championship. Right. All right. They are not. They're showing vulnerability. But I'm going to disagree with you. As far as the rest of the season is concerned, they've lost their game to Tennessee. I cannot see them losing any other games. Mississippi State that came in there yesterday, last night to Tuscaloosa, has uh, Coach Leach is he's he's out in left field somewhere with all his coaching. It's it's what they call the fire firestorm attack or something. They have a they have well, a name names for it. his offenses. But it's wide open, passing all over the place. Well, Alabama knew it was going to happen. Yeah, beat them thirty to six. Okay, that's that's a that's a nice victory for them. Alabama still has some pretty good uh, uh, games remaining with Ole Miss, and they have L- LSU is next week mm-hmm. that they play them. Uh, these are these are tough challenges, but this Alabama team don't sell them short. There's some magnificent athletes out there playing, and Saban will have them ready for their remaining games. I am predicting that Alabama plays Georgia for the uh, Southeastern Conference Championship again. I could see that. I could also see Alabama playing Tennessee again for the SEC Championship. There's the game if of the Tennessee can upset Georgia, and I think that one is. If I'm not mistaken, November the 5th is when Tennessee and Georgia play, and I think they play in Athens, if I'm not mistaken, Athens, Georgia. That will be a dynamic clash, but Georgia is a cut above all of them. Oh, I agree. Georgia right now looks like the best team with a bullet, you know. Number one with a bullet. Yeah. All right, let's jump back to the NFL really quickly. Let's talk about the Chiefs for just a minute as we get set for the game, which starts about, well, the pregame show starts 27 minutes from now. Let's talk about the Chiefs, and we've seen them play good teams. We've seen them play bad teams, and it's really hard for me to believe that we're at really more or less the midway point of the season. This is the seventh game of the season. There's 17 on the schedule, so you could say this week, next week, and the week after. Really the middle part of the season, the Chiefs have a bye, which comes at a really good time for them. They've had this really tough opening schedule. The second half of the schedule is... I think looking at it right now, not nearly as tough as what we may have thought it was. When going. is their first game coming back from the night from the week N- off? November sixth against Tennessee, and that, that's a Sunday night game. And then they then they play Jacksonville, the Chargers, and the Rams, and then at Cincinnati, Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver, and Vegas yeah, to wrap up the season. That's a lower level of of competition from mm-hmm. what they have been playing. They should be able to get through that if. That's calling everything equal. That game against the Tennessee Titans, that is Sunday night? Uh, November the 6th? Looks like it is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. That is the Sunday night game. But let me ask you this. Going into the bye week, you're Andy Reid. Both of you play Andy Reid here and you just and Brett Veach, and you decide what, what do the Chiefs need to do to push themselves up so that they're better than the Bills, they're better than uh, – the Eagles right now, and Ned's Ned's smiling from ear to ear. By the way, Eagles and his uh, his Phillies playing extremely good right year. now. Banner year, don't don't you feel some empathy for me because Philadelphia's had some dreadful <laughs> year. <laughs> Try 
<laughs> being a Cubs fan, buddy. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but in that time period, Chicago Bears have been pretty good. Oh, yeah. Chicago Bulls have been pretty good. Philadelphia has been zero. <laughs> so what do you what do you do? I mean, we talked about Beckham. Do you go out and try to find a, a, no. another receiver? I don't do you, think so. No. Do you I add depth to the offensive line? Do you, you have a for- taxi squad there that is designed for that? As a matter of fact, to offer some circumstances if there's an injury and, and things like that. I'm not sure the Chiefs make any changes. They should be able to win against the level of teams that they're playing right now. It's been a matter of fortune more than anything else. The Chiefs have not gotten the breaks. Remember now, there is a, <laughs> there's a level of parity here. These players are really doggone good on They're all professional sides. athletes. They are pro athletes. <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter remains that because of that, they are running into equality along every set circumstance that they run into, defensively, offensively, special teams-wise. It's a matter of breaks more than anything else. I don't think there's anything the Chiefs need to do as far as a surgical repair or anything of that nature. One good fortune for the Chiefs, and that is that they have avoided really serious injuries. Yes, you've had the, the bumps and the bruises, and McDuffie has been out of there for a while, but McDuffie is also a rookie. Would he be able to... And he might get the chance today to make the adjustment to a big-time offensive attack like San Francisco probably will put on them. There, there are just so many variables. But changes, no. What about you? What do you about The Josh? only thing I would say that isn't in agreement with Ned is if they had an opportunity to get a solid defensive back, a cornerback, a safety, something like that, that's where they are the weakest. We've talked about that many times. If they had an opportunity to do that, I would hope that they would try because they're the rest of their defense is all right. The offense is the best offense in football. When they play the game, they play. I think that they still get too cutesy on offense with their play calling and, and they get away from the run, which helps establish all you want to do all these cutesy plays, make it to where there's eight men in the box. So they don't have any opportunity to stop it. But anyway, I think that's the only thing that they should look at is if there is a solid defensive back, that's available, they should try to get him. Well, Bonehead Willie Gay is back in the uh, lineup today, so that's a good move for the Chiefs. That yeah. is something they don't have to give up to get somebody back. So, Well, keep in mind, though, that the Chiefs have played pretty well even without Willie Gay in there. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Chiefs pregame show is coming up shortly, so stick around for the pros to take over. (laughs) The guys that get paid the big bucks to do it, not like us. Anyway, we love doing it. We love talking about sports, and that's why we're here on Sunday together. Myself, Ned Reynolds, Josh Roberts. We are getting you set for the Chiefs and the 49ers coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. We've talked about it over the past couple of weeks. Most magical time of the year. So much sports going on. Football, basketball, hockey, and uh, Ned and I's favorite, baseball. One of us is sad and one of us is happy. Ned, you're the happy one. Your Phillies Playing some good ball. The This is my boyhood team. Of course, when you're away for half a century as I've been, you kind of lose a little bit of touch. But it's nice to see my old hometown uh, really getting tremendously excited about the baseball team. Philadelphia's always, the Phillies have always been, Phillies and Eagles have always been the keynote part of the Philadelphia sports public. 
76ers, of course, came along much later, and the Flyers were born after I had already left. So they, oh, wow. that uh, it's it's been now that's fifty some years ago. So mm-hmm. they have really engendered their own fan base. But the Phillies and the Eagles are the really the core of Philadelphia identification. And seeing Philadelphia play as well as they have, that's the good side. The bad side is I don't think Philadelphia should be there. And they need to restructure the. It's not going to happen. But the playoffs with all these wild card teams, I do not like it. The championship teams are the ones who need to be in there. How do you rectify it? I'll tell you how. John Smoltz had the answer. You divide the season in halves, and then you have your separate half champions playing, and maybe another wild card team or two. That way, you get a more representative viewpoint. Los Angeles Dodgers should not be on the sidelines with 100 victories this year, nor the Atlanta Braves with 101. Said that before, but I'll take a back seat with this one. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, I, I disagree with you. I like the excitement of all the teams. I could add something to baseball. There's There were too many seasons where it was pretty much over in August and September, and you're just sitting there going, okay, well, we're just going to wait till the playoffs start. And my solution to this is Dodgers, Braves, play better in the playoffs. You, but you lost. D- you're out. Where where is right. your where is your um, rationale for even having a season to begin with? Well, because it's 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 about seating. It's about where you're going to get to be and who you're going to who you're going to play. I mean, it, I I see your point. I get it, but it it's still all part of sports that the sometimes the underdog wins and baseball is especially a game of streaks. It's a game where, you know, you, you look at the my team, who I'm very sad about because they could be swept out today, the Yankees. They were by far the best team in baseball in the first half, and I felt this is their year. They're going to win it all. End of the, end of the first half, they started to play poorly, and they've never really recovered. They've played poorly in the playoffs. They have a losing record in the playoffs. And they deserve to be there, but they don't deserve to go any further. I mean, you, I, I thought about your argument a lot this week. I did, honestly, uh, because I had a lot of time to think about things <laughs> such as that. Um, and I thought, to my, I thought to myself, Ned's argument is that the best teams aren't there. But on the other side of the ledger, the AFC, or the, not the AFC, the, the American League, is the two best teams are there right now, the Yankees and the Astros. They are, and they were the two best and I will say, while the two best teams in the National League are not, the two hottest are. Yeah. Because both the Padres and Philadelphia have been red hot down the stretch. But still, to to have a 162-game season and have that cast aside, it takes away, in my, in my viewpoint, from the credibility of having the season. But you could argue that with so many things. I mean, you could look at the, you know, the year that the Yankees lost – in the World Series to the Pirates, you could just go, well, the Yankees were the best team. We should have just given them the trophy. Well, no, 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 because they are playing the other league's best team. And I remember that. I was in college when that happened. And the, the Yankees actually outscored the Pirates yeah. 31 to 15 or something like wow. that. And, and lost. lost four games to three. But that's, that's the way games work out. At least the two best teams were there. Now, under the current circumstances, that's not always going to be the case. The two hottest teams are. And again, you have to have a rationale as to, well, which takes precedence, being hot or being consistent during the regular season. I'm a consistency fan. I think that's where you base your championship level. Okay, fair enough. Just an argument. Agree to disagree on that one. 
agree to disagree. But what do you think? The Phillies wrap it up today? Do the Astros wrap it up today? In Philadelphia's case, being a former Phillies fan, I would hope they would wrap it up today because if they go back to San Diego, I think the Padres have a great chance to win the next three games out of there. In terms of the Yankees and the Astros, only one team in history, only one, has ever come from a 3-0 deficit. And that's the Boston Red Sox. I think it was uh, 2004, if I remember against correctly. Against the Yankees. Yep. Against yeah. the Yankees. Well, this time the Yankees have to come from an 0-3 deficit. I can't see it happening. Houston's a very fine baseball team. They're a good baseball team. I don't like them. Are they cheating again? Ah, they no, did. I don't. Hey, I don't. They, they, you say, yeah. were they cheating? <laughs> Every team did that. They got caught. That was their problem. Well, they they <laughs> upped it. Yeah. I, I said before we went on the air, the only thing that's keep giving me hope at this point is if there's any manager that can blow a three-game lead, it'll be Dusty Baker. Nah, he won't. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Nasty Nestor is pitching today for the Yankees. So I, I hope that they're able to at least get a win. That's what I'm so. hoping for. And and that's the way they have to play at this point is they have to go, I need to, we need to win today. We can't worry about tomorrow. Right. As Coach Bob Price used to say, we're playing for pride. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And can you would you guys take Harrison Bader back? Is he would be something that the Cardinals would maybe take back? Could they no. could we do a take backsies on that one? Take backsies. No, because they like Montgomery. And no, Montgomery I, I is, like Montgomery too. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's going to be a, a major portion of their pitching rotation uh, next year and maybe for years to come. So yeah, no, they don't they won't uh, they want Harrison Bader back. They've got a, a, a a very good segment of outfielders right now. Couldn't we just give him back and something like that? I think we've. Res- I think the bad? Yankees saved the receipt, so I, they, and they don't want anything in return. They just want him. It's one you take. Him. Just one you take. He, that's Has cool. he played that poorly since? Oh, he's hit a couple of home runs. I don't think he fits the mold of yeah. the team. Yeah, he's a little showy. No, he's, he's from New York, and that's then he made it made a big error yesterday. And Judge made a big error that uh, really opened up the door for the Astros. Mm. I mean, it was zip zip and. Oh, well, we'll talk more about Chiefs. That'll make me happier as we come back on Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Warm, sunny day around here in the Ozarks. We hope that translates out to San Francisco as the Kansas City Chiefs. There's Patrick Mahomes on the TV right now. And getting so set, was Christian McCaffrey. Getting set to play the 49ers this afternoon should be a great game. It is time for us to do our picks to tell you who we think is going to win in today's game. We'll start with Mr. Reynolds. What is your pick? This one has me very puzzled, guys. It's As I mentioned earlier, this is a sleeper game. Kansas City probably should win. They're a one-point favorite. That's a pick game. Kansas City probably has, man for man, the better team. But San Francisco is not chop liver. They are a very good football team. Garoppolo has done a nice job in coming off the bench to replace the Lance kid who is out probably for the year. Garoppolo can play. He has good running backs. McCaffrey will play a little bit for San Francisco today. 
Kansas City's defense has to really tighten up because Garoppolo is going to give them an air raid as far as the passing attack is concerned. Can San Francisco run the ball on the Chiefs' defense? Nobody else has been able to. San Francisco's defense is right up there with the tops. Still, I'm going to pick Kansas City to win this one. The over-under is 49 in this game. I think that's probably legitimate. I'm I'm going to say Kansas City wins this one by a score of maybe 28 to 24. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I think the Phillies and the Yankees are going to win. I I I think this will be a close game. I think the Chiefs will win. I was thinking 28-20, so I'm writing the same idea with you, Ned. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it just it. I hope the Chiefs' offense shows up in full force and they put a bunch of points on the board and protect their defense that way. I'll go over, and I'll say the Chiefs win 35-17 just because I, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about today's game. Yeah. And uh, if you're out there betting, please bet against me because <laughs> typically when I get a good feeling about games, it does not work out very well. So we all pick the Chiefs to win, and I hope everybody enjoys their Sunday. I hope you enjoy your Sunday, Ned. Thank you. That's very nice. I think it's a beautiful day outside. My goodness sake, let's get out and enjoy it. I'm pulling for your Phillies. Thank you. I've got some cousins who live in uh, Philadelphia, so I know they're on cloud nine right now. Well, They're lifelong Philly fans. I think the game's already started, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a look and see if maybe there's any score on that very quickly. But the, the fact is that uh, there are, I know the fans are there. They've been there 45,000 strong for every single one. <laughs> and that in, in and of itself manifests a good backing for the team. While Ned's trying to find that score, I want to th- say thanks to Corbin Campbell. 0-0. Zero, 0-0. Zero. Zero, zero. I want to say thanks to Josh Roberts. Mike the intern, I've got COVID brain right now. Brian Tyndall, <laughs> just thanks to everybody out there that listens to the show. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks, two weeks, and our broadcast will be at 5 o'clock as we get you set on that day for the Chiefs in a Sunday night game against Tennessee. We'll see you guys then. Be safe and good. Yeah.